Hello and welcome back to the Forgotten Football Club's podcast. I'm your host, as per usual, Rory Bryce, and I'm joined once again by Philip O'Rourke. What's up, Rory? Uh, cold one here in Ireland, uh, as you can probably see yeah. when we're tired. Uh, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, see what many people can. Massive white body warmer and white <laughs> look like Frosty the Snowman at some look. Yeah, I mean it's 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 the 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 uh, degrees have dropped. Uh, put it that way. Uh, and we're feeling feeling the pinch here. Um, but I suppose it's a nice kind of uh, introduction to where we're going. Um, I, suppose, I suppose, yeah, it's um, nice and nice and thematic. We're also joined by our special guest for this evening, uh, Christian Thurston. Christian, how are you, mate? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem, mate. Not a problem. We've been really excited to get this episode done for quite some time. Obviously, you and I have been chatting for... It seems like longer than what it has been now. I think it's only been about <laughs> a month or so. But we've been talking so much football and it's been absolutely excellent. So, you know, we, we really, really wanted to get this one done. Uh, Christian comes from Norway. So that should give you a clue as to the club that we're going to be covering this week. We're going to be talking about Stord Sonordland, uh, the club that was covered in the book. I think it was the only club from Norway that Phil covered in the book. Uh, but Christian has what seems like an endless bank of knowledge of lost clubs in Norway and all of the little caveats and nuances about football in Norway that leads to a club becoming defunct or lost or forgotten, if you like. Um, And in some cases, why that's not the case as well. So we're going to go through absolutely everything. We're going to talk about Stords and Ordland. We're going to talk about other Norwegian lost clubs, um, the Norwegian league system, and as usual, a little bit about the national team as well. But before we get into all that, guys, how have your weeks been? What football have you been watching? How have your teams been performing? Uh, I mean, Pats are looking forward to an FAI Cup semi-final this weekend uh, against Cork. Um, so hopefully they they get the win there. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to go down to it. Uh, it's actually sold out, um, uh, but uh, it is on telly, so I will be watching it. Um, so if we get to the FBI Cup final, uh, qualify for Europe in the next few games, um, it'd be a decent season. Uh, obviously could have maybe challenged for the league, but you know, a few bad results have stopped that, and it does look like Rovers are going to win it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, bittersweet uh, in the end. Yeah, just one of those ones. Uh, obviously, I was winding you up when you were at the Pat the the Pats game last. Can't remember who it was. You sort of playing Drogador Dundalk, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's managed to bottle it, cracking goal at the end, uh, to yeah. win it for Drogador. Christian, what about yourself? What teams have you been watching? Uh, who is it you follow? Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, your football life, as it were? Yeah, uh, well, sort of quick about me. I'm thirty seven years old from. Uh, just outside Oslo, uh, I follow a club called Moss FK, which um, uh, had sort of its uh, finest hours in the 70s and 80s. Um, I've been a fan for 25 years. And when I was started being a fan, they were in the top uh, league. Um, but slowly, the things sort of dwelled down and we had to go all the way down to level four. Uh, but we worked our way up again, uh, little by little to level two now. We got promoted last year after um, a season no one saw coming. And it's so much more fun than this, isn't it? Uh, but um, yeah, now we're doing fairly all right in the, in the middle of the table. Um, uh, and we won this um, this this Sunday against HUD 2-0. And it was a cracking win, to be honest. Not the best day, but point, point is a point. So we're now on 34 points. And well, it's hard, dangerous to say we won't we won't get relegated, but uh, we we aren't far away now. You don't want to tempt fate, but uh, no, it sounds no, like no. <laughs> game and 
Bit, um, bit like me the... uh, booking the day off of the FEI Cup final already. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I've done it already. Um, tempting fate is something uh, that's dangerous in football, it, big time. It's, it, oh, uh, it's a bit too much, isn't it? Um, I mean, last night, for instance, obviously, um, Celtic versus Lazio, the last time the two clubs met was in the Europa League in 2019. And Celtic beat them home and away 2-1 with two last-minute goals. Uh, and to be fair, I think the, that Lazio, that game against Lazio at home in 2019 is one of the top three Celtic games I've ever attended. It was absolutely fantastic. The atmosphere was great. Obviously, last-minute winners, you can't beat that. Uh, and then last night, Lazio scored the winner in the 95th minute, literally the last kick of the ball, and it was heartbreaking. But the full day, I was given at the digging. Um, you know, going absolutely crazy. Oh, we're gonna smash them again, and this, that, and the next thing. Uh, certainly tempted fate. Uh, mm. but that's what we do as football fans, isn't it? If you're not hopeful and you're not optimistic, then then are you a fan, really? True, true. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, well, I mean, going on that, on that, on fans and stuff like that. I suppose this club is uh, the one club that I wrote about and that we're going to work into here now. Um kind of are unique in that they didn't mm. have any fans yeah um, that's the thing I really like the way that you went about talking about this club mm. in the book Phil and the way that uh, you know the kind of title for them the tagline if you like uh, because we're well we're, we're going to be talking about this episode um, more or less saying that there were a club with no soul because they didn't really have any fans at all did they no and uh, they were actually tagged uh, as a club with no soul by the eventual owners if you like who bought them at the end of the days if you know what I mean um, and that was the kind of tagline that stood out and the reason why I wrote about this club because you don't you don't get very many football clubs that don't have any fans now maybe they did have a few fans I don't know we're going to ask Christian about this um, but um, they, they are a relatively more recent club that was created uh, of course stored Sun Hardland FK as they were known, uh, were founded on the 18th of December 2002, uh, um, which Christian's going to tell us that in this time in Norwegian football is when money started kind of pouring in. Uh, would that be correct, Christian? Yeah, it is. Uh, it was after uh, um, TV2 started uh, off- offering, uh, you know, possible t- uh, to stream slash to buy so we could see, see the games. And uh, it, it was like a oh um but it, it was a time when not you, you didn't want to miss your train if you understand sort of what i mean uh every, my club as well took took uh way water over their head and actually have still depth depths from this time um uh still and but it, it was basically you know a lot of clubs that br- really broke their necks on this um uh, it was so many clubs around that sort of had the idea like if you just join forces, dot 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 dot, the sky is the limit. And um, I stood it was one of them clubs, but you have to sort of see a bit also where you are because stood is uh, roughly uh, between uh, Bergen and Stavanger, and Havikson is more more near, but. I think we're talking somewhere between fifteen to twenty thousand inhabitants. This isn't really a place for top football, right. um, like how the series was then. Possibly a stint up on level two. That's max. 
Yeah, I mean, they are a club that started off, as you said, as a merger from uh, two clubs called Stored uh, IL and Mostar. Um, I don't know, Mostar, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Mostar uh, is quite, quite interesting, actually. Just sorry to jump in. Mm. Um, I believe there's a club in... I don't want to get this wrong because obviously it can be problematic, but it's it's one of the teams from the former Yugoslavia. I think they're called Velez Mostar. So I don't yeah, know if there's maybe some some connection to them or or, or maybe I, some. I, I don't believe so. Uh, I, think I think it's spelled just... differently, aren't they? This one's called yeah, uh, Mostar, are. if you know what I mean. And the one right. that you're talking about, Rory, is Mostar. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, they, they, quite similar, but yeah, no, I, I understand. Uh, I don't believe there is any connection. Um, between them, it'd be amazing if there was because the ge- geographical <laughs> uh, differences there. But um, yeah, these two clubs uh, decided uh, they were going to merge together. I think we've seen this before, haven't we, Rory? Where two we clubs uh, decide to merge together, uh, pull their resources and uh, kind of attack uh, their respective leagues. Um, Stored IL uh, were playing in the third division uh, in Norwegian football at the time. Uh, Moster were playing in the fourth division. Um, the project was initiated by a football agent called Tejer Simeonsen. Is that correct? Is that uh, am I pronounced that correctly? Um, and a professional footballer called Kijitel Lovic. Lovic. Um, yeah. And and he was the big name there because uh, I remember it was a big thing that oh, he didn't want to sign a new contract because he he was um, playing. I believe it was for Lyon in the top level at the time. Uh, and he also played for Brann and in Grasshoppers in Switzerland. So he he was a decent player. But uh, he sort of wanted to go home and see if he could build a project. And I believe he put some money into it himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was doing my research on this, uh, straight away, people were totally kind of like, this is never going to work. <laughs> and they were they were totally against it. Maybe it's because of what you said the the area stored isn't isn't highly populated. It's never going to generate that much interest. Um, they did have a five year plan to get into the second division of Norwegian football, and then they would they would look again at it and stuff like that. Um, I mean, is that the case? Was that the case that people kind of said this is not, you're not going to attract the interest here? This is a kind of you're just throwing away money. The the thing is, back then, if you had a bit of money and a few decent players, you, you could bounce up up level. Mm. Uh, today it's a bit harder after they um, uh, changed the, the 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 system. Uh, but back then it's definitely possible. But the thing is, which I could say from like my my hometown as well, we have a neighbor club from ten minutes down the road. Yeah, we're neighbor. We could join forces and be much, much better. But let's be honest, we hate each other. <laughs> and if it's one game no one wants to lose during the season or during the Cups, it's that one. Yeah, yeah. We we touched on that in the last episode about would you merge with your rivals to save your own club? Uh, oh, no. I think it was an overwhelming vote of no. Uh, <laughs> fans yeah, would yeah. not. So, yeah, I think you just answered that one there. Um, I mean... This this project, uh, we're going to call it a project because that's the word that's used an awful lot when it comes to uh, stored Sun Hardland. Uh, basically, they hired a manager called Magnar Halland or Alland, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, but he resigned in pre-season. So would that be a warning sign, uh, you know, uh, writing on the wall straight away? Uh, is he a well-known figure in Norwegian football or... No, not not for me. But when that said, this is sort of on the other side of the country, so he might be a regional fi- figure, but it's not 
um, any no any any big name. I mean, for the fact that he resigned in pre-season before he even got going, uh, it does sound like uh, he kind of saw the writing on the wall here that things weren't going to work out. Um, I mean, his assistant took over. Why not? That's what mostly happens. Assistants jump in, take the manager job. Um, and then, basically, the assistant's name was... El- now, my pronunciations are quite bad. Elvin... Uh, Eglund, is he yeah, uh, a name? Not, 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 not the big name at all. And and I and I think to be honest, that sort of is the problem with if you see where this is on the map, you would have to use an awful lot of money to to get names. Well, I'll tell you, it's... I'll tell you this now. The reason why he's probably not a big name is is that he then resigned <laughs> a, mo- a month later, uh, and <laughs> because he wanted to pursue a career outside of football, so he's actually not in football anymore. Um, so. Again, this is all, it's all a bizarre starting here for this project. Uh, I can't, you know, it's already a bit of a circus. It's already a bit of a, uh, and a ball hasn't been kicked yet. Um, is there, you know, what, I mean, was it was there much media recognition of this? I know it probably would have been down the lower leagues of Norwegian football, but uh, I, I, I only saw a few little bits in kind of local newspapers and stuff like that. But it, it's quite, it's quite a strange one, really. Uh, it, it is because, uh, but I remember Kjetil Lövik signing for the club because that, that was in the national papers. Mm. And when we started talking about this episode, I started to check a bit out and also went um, searching a bit on the, the national library. And, and it was very little about the club at all. And it, it's, it's sort of a, a, a sign, isn't it, that this maybe wasn't a really good idea. Yeah, I mean, they, they then appointed an Icelander um, called uh, Christian Atlason, uh, who decided to finally he was going to be the man to take the job. Uh, and then it did look like, you know, a bit of stability going into the season uh, and things things would um, calm down. That's not the case. Uh, another man then, Oyston uh, Juve, who was one of the coaches, he handed in his notice. <laughs> um, so you're getting a string of people just hanging in, handing in their notice and resigning. Uh, and for me, this is just bizarre. Now, there's no real reason why these people are doing it. I can only assume that the internal stuff that was going on, that they saw it um, and they were kind of going, no, we're not having any of this. And, and they kind of stepped away and said they didn't want to have any part in this project. Um. I mean, was was the agent uh, and the player that we spoke about were they dodgy in any way? Were, were, did they have a bad rep, or or I couldn't find anything. But maybe, uh, not to be honest, no. Shet uh, Lovik, uh, who, who was the famous of them, he was considered yeah. quite a quite a nice guy. To be honest, yeah. um, a, a bit more a more a gentleman on the field, to be honest, than than a so, sort of a badass of somehow. Well, I'll tell you this now. Three more people resigned <laughs> uh, by April tw- uh, 2003. Uh, you, coach- you got a starting 11 soon of resigning people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Thorhammer, the fitness coach, resigned. And then two <laughs> coaches uh, resigned. Um, so this is basically the start of uh, Sword, Son Hardland's uh, kind of story where, like, you know, you, you've got about seven people already resigning, two managers, uh, youth coaches, just people walking out on the project already. Um, so it was always kind of, you know, kind of destined to fail, really. Um, but we'll continue on. There was a football kicked uh, in, in their career. Um, on the pitch, things looked a little bit better. And the owner, uh, Lovic, uh, even registered himself as a player. So 
I mean, no. you were talking about Star uh, Stored as being a small place. Would they have struggled to get players there? Would would people not have been attracted to go there? Or uh, can you tell us a bit about that? Uh, uh, to be honest, it's it's a small place, um, famous for a bit industry. Uh, to be honest, and it's not that a place that uh, you get. Well, say of the large cities, you get an awful lot of free of uh, guys that go gonna go to college or uni. To, to study and sort of it drips down on the clubs around uh, not in stud this is uh, you're there for a reason and that's probably to more to work and live your life yeah I mean he obviously still had a bit of a, a goal scorer in touch because he ended up uh, being their top goal scorer uh, he helped them win the league um, that year uh, they did lose to, in the promotion playoff to a club called Nor Hemsund IL are they still about? Yeah. 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 Uh, I heard that name. Yeah, they lost 4 3 in aggregate. Uh, so they had to play another season in the third division. Um, so it became apparent in the early days of the project that making a profit was not going to be easy. Um, now, we talked about in the early days of 2000 where money was brought in because of TV uh, rights and stuff like that. But was it just money being pumped in and no actual revenue was being made? Is, is that what happened? Uh, yeah, on, on this level it is. And uh, I, I always say that um, um, equal to level three to four is the, mm. the, the what do you call it, the, the death trap in football. Because mm. you, you have so much money uh, just to have a team around and to travel, um, uh, but there's so basically really no re- revenue. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a really good way of putting it. The... the um... Uh, the death trap because it's, it's so easy if you fall down the leagues to end up staying there. Um, one example that comes to mind for myself is Falkirk. Um, I mean they were Falkirk were in the top flight of Scotland. I think up until about maybe two thousand and eight, I want to say maybe towards twenty ten. Can't remember around that time anyway. Uh, went down to the championship, stayed there for a little bit, and they've been in League One for six or seven seasons now. It looks like they'll come back up to the championship. But considering Falkirk have always been a very big club, it's a shame that they're not in the Premiership anymore. Um, and they're they're a great example of what can happen when you start falling down the leagues. It's so easy to end up getting stuck there. Um, yeah. Sunderland as well. I mean, when I worked in a previous role, some of my colleagues worked with people at Sunderland and they went down for a site visit. And they said that that was when Sunderland had went down to League One. And they basically said... We went in and everything is just a mess because they're a pre- they're, they're a club with a premiership infrastructure who are now having to adapt to League One. It's so, so difficult. And we've seen how long it's taken them to get back up to the championship. Yeah, yeah. I mean I mean this this club, uh they they, they seem to seem to do the business on the pitch despite all of this kind of stuff going on. Um they won the league again. Uh I think uh the, the third division, and this time they actually won their promotion game against a club called Nest Sotra. Now, are they yeah. still about? Uh, well, yes and no. Um, they, they actually uh, folded, uh, but started up again. Okay. Um, or, or what's possible in Norway, they Phoenix gave their li- license to another club. Um, oh. And they f- folded and started down at the bottom again. But Nest Sotra is actually still running, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, 
it's sad becoming a parent here and, and people uh, outside the club uh, were starting to accuse uh, Simonson, the, the agent, um, of trying to make a profit out of the club. Uh, and that was solely his uh, whole kind of thing. Um, now, I mean, we haven't really talked about football agents and stuff like that. It's not an area that I I would know much about. Um, but I assume he was probably more thinking money than thinking success. Uh, and uh, by all means, in my research, it seemed like you know, the two and two obviously go together. So if you're doing well on the field, you're you're obviously going to bring in a bit more money, a bit more revenue, and hopefully uh, more fans and stuff like that. But what was happening was is that they were having success on the pitch, but they still weren't bringing in any kind of real fan base, if you know what I mean. So they weren't bringing any revenue despite having uh, the success on the pitch. Um, and this became apparent to Simonson, apparently, um, who started kind of stopped kind of Hearing, if 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 I'm led to believe by my research, um, so they got up to Division Two, uh, quite quickly, uh, after only two seasons in existence, um, but they did sack the manager, uh, uh, Hansen, Hansen, I think his name was, sorry, uh, at Atlasson, sorry, uh, and they hired a man called Vega Hansen, pardon me, um, yeah, he known. Yes, Vega Hansen is actually quite a famous coach today. Mm. I think that was his first uh, uh, co- coach role, uh, um, uh, but combined as a player, uh, I, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but today he, he coaches Kongsvinger in uh, level two, which um, uh, 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 my team play, play against and got a game against in a few weeks' time. And um, he's a bit of a character. He went to coach Mjöndal, uh for about almost 20 years. Uh, and he was the guy who took them up from amateur leagues up to the top level. And yeah. now Mjöndalen is back on level two. where And uh, we met them twice this year and won both. And they are actually in danger of being relegated down to level three. Okay, okay. I mean, Hansen was the man who got uh, Stord Son uh, Hordland uh, promoted uh, through that playoff um, against Ness Sotra. Um, so the 2005 season uh, began. Um, Simeonson comes out with another statement uh, with a plan to say, yeah, we want to get promoted by 2007 to the Norwegian Premier Division. Uh, this Simeonson character, uh, obviously you've said you don't really know much about him, but he does seem like he loves the limelight. He's coming out with all these kind of... Uh, um statements and and stuff like that and it just to me felt like again in my research that kind of nobody was kind of listening to him he's coming out with these statements yeah. about a club that's kind of like nobody really kind of is noticing uh like they're in the second division here um but nobody is kind of taking any notice of them yeah. uh, what is that the case yeah uh and i'm i'm just shaking my head because you won't get a team up from there unless you're Roman Abramovich, and uh, <laughs> you know you're 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 on that level. You won't get a team up from there. And and what's important also to sort of understand is that level this team started at. Uh, it's between local to regional football, and when you get into the regional leagues, um, a lot of people fall off a bit. They rather want to go and see the na- play against neighbor and things like that. Uh, and especially outside on, on on the countryside like that, you, you don't want you don't want to go and see a random backyard team from uh, Oslo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, 
it's ambitious. Uh, it was ambitious, his, his statement, to try to get up there. Um, They did finish uh, eighth out of 14 clubs in Group C that year, um, which is respectable, I, I assume. I think there were 10 points clear of the relegation zone, so they were quite comfortable. So on the field, again, they're not doing too badly, to be fair. But uh, things on the uh, off the field start to kind of unravel for them at this stage. Uh, it, become, it becomes quite apparent that uh, both investments by both uh, Lovic and Simeonson uh, has been lost or obviously in debt. Uh, players aren't being paid um, and it, it becomes like that Hansen uh, isn't being paid either. And as a result, he leaves. Uh, obviously, if he's not being paid, he's not going to stay. Um, and a, a man named Jonas Jonsson uh, takes over as head coach. Um, the preseason 2006 then wasn't ideal at all. Uh, players went on strike uh, obviously not being paid, uh, going on strike, and they don't turn up for training because of this. Um, and basically the manager wasn't being paid, and he leaves, and he goes to manage a club. Now this club has a huge name. I don't know if I could pronounce this. Rory, Rory, do you want to do you want to have a go? Uh, no, I do not. Christian, uh, you can do the honors. Uh, if you know what the club are, or then Phil can give it a go. I'm not gonna try and butcher the beautiful Norwegian language. You know what club I'm talking about, Christian? They begin with M. It's a Mandalus Camer. Mandalus Camer yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Round of applause. Um, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and on a random side note, they were actually fo- founded as uh, FK Aladdin. Oh, okay. Okay. And of, of all things. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, we we played against them a few times, and uh, it's uh, they had this. Stint up um, at level two, and it was a cracking away trip uh, many many years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so he went to manage them. I, I won't pronounce it. I only want to attempt to pronounce it again. Um, but it was public knowledge that uh, you know the the club were in big trouble. Um, when the owner uh, Simonson, uh, his company, um, actually ceased all financial commitments to the club, um. So basically, he's saying, I'm not putting any more money into this. This project is doomed. Uh, and they're kind of left to kind of fend by themselves. But as we know, they're not really getting any revenue in. Now, we talked about uh, the mon- the TV money coming in the early 2000s. When did that stop? When when did that kind of that, that kind of uh, gravy train, as we call it, kind of uh, cease to... to... Um, it, it slowed down, but it's never really actually stopped. Right. Um... But but it slowed down. But uh, uh, it hasn't dripped as much down as I think a lot of clubs uh, would want to. My club was on, on level th- uh, level three last year also. It's not a sexy place to be if you're trying to cl- climb up and you don't have a lot of money. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, just then kind of uh, highlight how financially bad uh, they, they were at this stage. They hired a man uh, called. Um, Bengt Forland, uh, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, as the manager, as the marketing director, and the general manager <laughs> of the football club. Um, so he's he's done about a million jobs at once here. Um, and his salary is kind of cut into different pieces, percent-wise, like 55% uh, general manager, 45%, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, a marketing uh, manager. So he, he's kind of doing everything here. Um, never a good sign when one person is doing about multiple jobs at a football club. Um, 
It was a plan that uh, did not really work well. And in March 2006, the club cut its budget by sacking all non-playing staff. Uh, meaning Frank was now out of work. Uh, well, out of work as in he wasn't the general manager, marketing manager anymore. He was now just picking up 45% of his salary as the football manager. <laughs> so he literally lost two jobs but still had one job. Um, if people are keeping up with this fair play, I was I when I, I'm gonna be honest when I was re, when I was doing research about this club, I, I did have a bit of a giggle and a, a chuckle at this. And because really it seemed like they had no fans, that this wasn't really hurting anybody but you know, Simeonson and uh um Lovick, the, the lads that actually kind of invested into it. Um, because as we're gonna find out now. Uh, they did not have any fans that this was kind of affecting, um, and they were they were really kind of a nothing club. Um, it was around that time that they were taken over by a new limited company called Sun Hardland Top Football uh, AS and changed the name from Star Monster to Star Star Sun Hardland FK. So we should make it clear that they were called Star Monster. Uh, going through all that, and then they did change their name to Stored Sun Hardland FK, uh, and and that's what they were known as. And um, the new chairman of the board uh, uh, was called Tarange Espeland. Bring any bells? His name? No, no. Businessman was he? Yeah, no. And to be honest, these guys are local. Um, yeah. And and I think that sort of also reflects the thing. It's where they are, and. Another thing that you sort of need to have a bit, bit in, um, in, in the back head about this is that this is an extensive part of Norway if you're going to be in the regional leagues. Right. You are ha having a lot of hours on the coach. Yeah, well, I mean, his first uh, appointment was a new head coach, obviously. Um, so poor old, uh, obviously, Bengt Forland was obviously ousted. Uh, so that's all his three jobs gone. Um, and they hired a man called Martin Tislavelli, uh, and he was given uh, one task to try and stay in the second division uh, while the new board tried to stabilise the club financially. However, Tislavelli couldn't prevent uh, the demise of the club on the field, um, and, the, uh, and they were relegated after finishing 13th, second from Botman Group 3 that year. Uh, they finished four points behind the club called Ascoy. Are they still about? Yeah, Moscow is still about. Okay, uh, and uh, the place just outside the uh, they just placed just outside the relegation places. Um, it's just as well it wasn't uh, closer as stored where deducted two points for playing two ineligible players that season. Um, is that a common thing in Norwegian football or? Um, I mean it happens, but it's sort of it's it, it happens if you are more in the amateur leagues. You you shouldn't. You should, that shouldn't happen if you're semi-pro. Yeah, I feel it's it's happened a couple of times in in Scotland in the last few years, and and normally whenever it has happened, it's been you know like a some kind of admin error is what they say, or or some kind of administrative error. But I I totally agree with you, Christian. If you're a, not to not that this is a, saying anything bad against amateur teams, you know the the the, the completely different resources that they have, um, and that they're up against a lot of the time. Um, but you're right in what you say. If you're a bigger club, you should not be fielding ineligible players. You need to be on top of that. Um, it's not surprising after the relegation, there was a, a, a sacking of the manager. Or, yeah, sorry, uh, Tiz Lovelli left. I don't know whether he's going on mutual. Uh, he's gone, but uh, a new man came in. 
Peter Fosmark and he was appointed and he was asked to, you know, get the club promoted again, you know, get things going. Um, unfortunately, he never got the chance. <laughs> so he, he basically managed the club and never actually managed the club because uh, in December 2006, it was decided to fold the club due to financial difficulties. No surprise there. Um, as a result, their spot in the league system was given to Stored IL, uh, who was basically the club that they kind of started off with. And most of the playing squad are those deemed good enough for transfer to Stored IL, uh, a club that were originally founded in 1914 and still play their football in Division 3 uh, at the time of my riding. I don't know what division they're in at the moment, Christian. Can you tell us? Uh, oh, I should maybe check that, but I may. Oh, I haven't read up on them right now, I must say. Um, but so I wrote about not... them probably two years ago. Yeah, no, I, I, I believe there, there should still be around and, and sort of playing, but that, that sort of happens with a lot of these clubs that uh, uh, often they struggle to sort of create enthusiasm and they need sort of a cash boost to sort of get going somehow yeah. but if you ask me that's sort of the wrong way to start because if you don't have the fans with you it, you, you can't buy fans you can't buy volunteers you can't Absolutely. you can't buy that culture that you know yeah. it's 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 Absolutely. in the clubhouse if you understand and, what i mean you can't just move that to another place and everything's all right and i mean that's uh like in my final paragraph here i basically say that um, and, and we won season under the name of Stored Sun Hardland, as they were known as Stored Buster for most uh, for this project. Um, the club ceased to exist, bringing to an end a fruitless and failed project. Um, the club left uh, very little mark on Norwegian football, other than highlighting how not to run a football club. Um, and making a profit from football, uh, making a profit from a football club is harder than it looks. And uh, in fact, when I when I actually went to go look for an interview for this club, uh, Norwegian experts like yourself and and others, uh, I mean, we Rory, you, you, we we've gone and asked a good few people, and not a lot of people know anything about them. Um, and basically, uh, I think it was uh, uh the uh chairman that I talked about there. Um, his name of the Star Hardland uh, top football um, Tersarand Esplan came out and said they were basically a club with no soul. Uh, they had no fans, and it, and that's why it failed. Um, it's such an interesting pro. Again, I'll say project because a club without fans isn't really a football club, in my view. Um, so in 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 that regard, I just feel that. It was a project more than an actual football club. Um, so, I mean, Christian, I suppose the big question is, uh, as I said, uh, not many Norwegian fans would have heard of them. Uh, is this a rare thing in Norway? Or, you know, did this ha had this happened before? Or, Well, uh, it, I mean, it has happened, and it sort of happened after, um, as with randomly stopped by Nestsotra, for instance. Um which is just outside uh, Bergen, uh, on an island outside Bergen. They had, um, they were basically just an amateur team, and um, they, it's been a, with with a good junior department. And uh, after um, another club around uh, Bergen um, folded, Lövham, uh, they sort of took the chance to become a club number two in that area, and they rose up and they went up to level two for many, many, many years. And they bounced a bit up and down, but they were also one of these clubs that um, 
they're better on the pitch than outside. They didn't have fans. Um, and they, in the end, they gave the license to an, another, um, another cooperation club, uh, which folded a year afterwards with huge, huge steps. Uh, so, it, so it happens. And I think it's sort of a, on these small places, it's it's hard to sort of build a culture like that, especially mm-hmm. if you are in the local football. Um, and, and and a lot of, of these um, small places, they are more interested in having a good junior department for kids to have a place to be, really. Have a social place to be and a safe place to be. Uh, and, you know, the uh, what we call a football it's i mean it's it's not the priority it's it's sort of further down the line really so it's 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 a a mix but these clubs are sort of go for it you have a few stories that they burn all the money and there's not nothing left for the kids unfortunately right right i mean it's interesting there uh, obviously I, I could have selected a few clubs uh when looking at norway it's just that the the stored uh Sun Hardland story was quite interesting in regard that they had no fans and there was one that kind of stood out to me. Um, in my research, I think there's about now there could be more. Um, but around forty four, forty five clubs in Norway registered as being defunct or I suppose in our criteria forgotten. I don't know. Is there more? Would there be more than that? Yeah, yeah, there would be more. Um, there's I mean there's clubs that so that fold every year but they're lower down the a- amateur team and don't get me wrong but no one misses them okay okay uh, it, well, it, it's, that's, that's it's what more... I was, sorry just to jump in that, that's what yeah. I was actually going to say to Phil um, I think the reason that, that I enjoyed that chapter so much Phil and I can totally understand the reason that you picked him as well one it's an interesting story but two we've touched on it in other episodes and you touched on it in other chapters in the book but I think the themes that you brought out through this one were really important and that you can't have a football club if you don't have fans behind it. Uh, and it was, as Christian was saying, if you don't have the fans, if you don't have the volunteers, if you don't have the people who are tied to the club, who have, you know, who, who express an identity through this club and who've grown up with it and don't have any memories or attachment to it, you're going to find it very, very difficult. You can't just, you can't just buy football, you know, and, and obviously that's been, the limits of that have been tested quite a lot in the last few years, obviously, as we know, but in this case, it is a great example of, of how not to run a club because you can't just throw money at it and expect to do good. You have to have fans behind it. Um, and this team didn't, which is ultimately why they failed. Um, so, you know, that that was the reason why I enjoyed it quite a lot. It, it was a really good example. And um, again, it brought out a lot of the themes that, that you touched on beforehand uh, and that we talk about a lot in the episodes as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, as I said, that's one of the reasons why I picked them. Um, Christian, I suppose one of the other questions is, what? W- who would be the most famous example uh, of a Norwegian club going defunct uh, or, or or folding? Who who is who would be the biggest club? Because as I said, there's plenty of them, but I wouldn't know who would be the biggest club. Um, ooh, biggest. Well, it sort of depends a bit how you count it. Um, I might get some of their fans on the neck because they are sort of going, but. Uh, how you explained it with the, the top uh, team uh, folding is uh, Lyon from Oslo, which is a really traditional club and has many, many um, wins and cups and series. And, uh, and, and you know, it's, it's a proper, proper club. But they're, um, uh, they went bankrupt about 15-ish years ago. And the Lyon today is... is um, 
their second team basically, which they, which was the amateur, uh, took an amateur license and rise, ro- rose up again through the ranks, and they are now on level three and pushing for promotion to level two again. And would they have a, a big fan base? Would they? Yes, they will. Uh, the Oslo derbies around them, they were absolutely smashing. Uh, but when that said, Lean um, from the west side of Oslo, um, an area with many good clubs, but not the same uh, culture as from east side, the club Volringa, which uh, had a much more stronger fan culture. When Lean was up in the top league and they went to the cup final, they had even had a song, um, 20,000 empty seats sings for Lean. And they, because they played in Ulvold Stadium, which had, I think it was 28,000 seats back then, the national stadium. That's amazing. Incredible. Yeah. So at least, at least they had humor around it. But uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I have a map of the world in, in front of me. Norway is quite a, quite a big country. Um, but geographically, I can see that. We're long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, long. I was just about to, I was trying, I was trying to put that in. I, long, long country. Yeah. Uh, geographically, yeah, is uh, very long. So I can, I can yeah. see why there wouldn't be problems, uh, with, you know, football clubs in the lower leagues trying to get it. Uh, in the lower leagues, is it regionalized or is it just the whole country? Um, a bit both because the thing is on paper, uh, from uh, level four, you should have a regional league, but the system doesn't add up. So you are basically, uh, depending a bit on where you are, you get a few long trips. But you, you can imagine then, uh, which sort of happened with my club at one time, uh, being based not far from Oslo, and I think we had. Was it eight or ten clubs in our from Trondheim to North Norway? Mm. Let's just say a lot of lot of hours traveling. Yeah, mm. I'd, I'd imagine not North Norway. Uh, it, 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 it's distances. Trust, yeah, it's quite, trust quite, me. Quite northern. Um, the other question I was going to ask, and this is from myself. I mean, Rory probably might might experience. Well, probably has. Obviously, the Premier League here, uh, over here in I'll say the British Isles and Ireland, um. Is the most dominant league, okay? Um, for me on the outset, I suppose the Swedish league, uh, would probably be the biggest Scandinavian league. I don't want to upset you or or uh, or uh, or be disrespectful, but to be more Swedish uh, clubs that more like Malmo, for example, that that people will know. Do people in Norway only support the Norwegian league, or is it that you know the Swedish league, uh, the or even is the Premier League something that has taken away fans from the local leagues? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Premier League has um, stolen a, a lot of the bus of of, of Norwegian football, uh, and that also was sort of a part of TV with streaming, and you could see this everywhere. It had a massive, massive hype. Um, but from traditional, um, even back in, in the seventies, um, you had the what we call Tippe Company in Norway, which was on Saturday. They they showed one game live, and actually, they showed English football outside uh, England live, not like a game of game of the week uh, thing with uh, in in the evening or anything. It was live, uh, and that was a big big thing, and that. The other thing is, so we we are definitely anglophile in our football um, here, definitely. Yeah. Well, look, uh, you're you're speaking to a, a, an Irishman and a Scotsman. Um, now, I swore my local. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, like I support a League of Ireland team, St. Pat's. Uh, Rory supports obviously Scottish team Celtic, but uh, obviously I, you can see I have Liverpool jerseys uh, here, so it, it's something that we're grown up with. Uh, the Premier League is kind of um, kind of took over. However, they're getting a bit of the taste around medicine with the old Saudi Arabia League, uh, yeah. kind of robbing all their players. Um, yeah, I just I just want to clarify there. I don't actually have an English team, and I never have had an English team. Um, not for any particular reason. I, I mean, I suppose as I've gotten older, it's because I do prefer Scottish football. Um, I'm not going to say that, that I don't support an English team out of spite. Just my my parents never supported an English team, and, and neither do I. Um, but the Premier League is still the league that the I would say gets watched the most mm, right. because the games are always televised, obviously. And it, as Phil said, it's something that I've grown up with because it's it's just absolutely everywhere. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Like, I mean, again, no disrespect, and there, there was no disrespect there. There, there are big clubs in Norway uh, that that we've all heard of. Um, obviously the big one, Mold, uh, or Molde. Is that is that how you pronounce it? Um, Molde. Uh, I mean, they're big now, but I mean, they are actually more a result of money. <laughs> okay, yeah, well. Okay. This is the thing, I suppose. The team that everyone's had their eyes on in Norway for the last few years now has been Bodo Glimt. Again, they're another bankrolled club. Uh, huge amounts of money being thrown into them, and traditionally, I would say, uh, and again, this is just from my experience because for a period of time, I think we played them every single year in the Champions League. But traditionally, I would say that Rosenborg were yeah. one of, if not the biggest yeah. team in Norway, and now yeah. they're 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 they are. going through a really really difficult time. Yes, yeah, uh, so, yeah. it's 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 the biggest. Uh, I mean, because the one was a ten or was it eleven back to back championships. I mean, hats off by all me, but uh, it it was their very charming uh, period to to be a football fan. Uh, I I must say, but uh, traditionally, Rosborg. Yes, you also have Vordringa from Oslo, which is a a bit of a yo yo team, but they have a strong strong history and a culture and. They're one of these clubs that just sort of every now and then bounce back up and do good for a few years. I mean, there's other clubs uh, that that I have heard of. Um, Valerenga, they're another. Yeah. Are they a well supported side over there? I, I just oh heard yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, 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 and and to be honest, if you are in Oslo, go check Vordering out because they 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 on their new stadium they are they got good fans. They really got good fans. Okay, uh, SK Brand. Yeah, from from Bergen, and mm. uh, they also can be really good fans. Um, I, I've been there a few times actually, and but they are an interesting crowd. They are very different from um, the rest of Norway. Like for instance, their fans don't want to use a drum, for instance, okay. which is which is very very normal around in every other stand. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at at the at the um kind of all the all the clubs and where they're situated. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I suppose for for myself, the, the clubs that I'd say I'm most familiar with, uh, obviously Rosenborg, as I said, Olsen's, um, the FK Nordsjælland, uh, Hagesund as well. Nordsjælland uh, is Denmark. No, not uh, Nordsjælland's Denmark. Okay, I knew that I was gonna. <laughs> Fuck that up at some point. <laughs> um, the one club that I'm I'm kind of interested in, uh, because I, I I as I said I have the map in front of me, um, is a club called Tromsø. Uh, they're quite northern based. Tromsø, yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, do they have many fans? Um, yeah, they're they're not they're not too bad. They really got a thing going now. Um, 
they've never been a club with huge amount of money or anything. And but to be honest, if if you're going to count uh crowd, maybe not huge uh crowd, but they got a new generation of young fans going now. Uh, if nice. you see the ga- games from there, it's really really rocking. Hmm. I mean, Bod Glint are, are quite uh, rural as well. <laughs> um, just uh, just looking at where they're situated. Um, and... oh, it, oh, it's a windy place. I, I've, yeah, I've been there yeah. and, and been there and we played five five, and I I, I almost oh I, I thought I was gonna b- b- blue on the sea. <laughs> yeah, I'm now realizing yeah. why Roma Roma lost there. Well, listen, it's in it's in the Arctic Circle, and don't get me wrong, when when Celtic played Bodo, they absolutely blew us away. Uh, home and away, they're absolutely fantastic side, really, really well drilled. Um, but the conditions couldn't have been easier. Either. No, it's, it's yeah, a I mean... pro- proper shit place to play. Sorry, yeah, sorry, it's, the, it's sorry, like the language. Ar- it's proper shit. No, it's no, like okay. Arctic Circle, freezing cold. Obviously, a plastic pitch, which in, in Scotland, plastic parks don't go down very well, but in Norway, it's understandable, especially in the Arctic Circle, you know. Um, so you know, the, the, the conditions can't be easy for any team going there. I mean, the, the, the story of Storts and Orland is obviously really, really interesting, and it, and it brings to mind quite a lot of themes regarding fans and identity, and and you know, the, the, the actual kind of intangible elements that you need to be able to make a football team successful, but. When we were talking, when we've been talking over the last month, uh, Christian, you mentioned a couple of other clubs to me as well that uh, had yeah. some really interesting stories, and you've been doing quite a bit of reading on them as well. So why don't you tell us about those teams? Um, why well, don't you tell us a couple of well, other? Well, I've got one team I would like to talk a bit about, uh, sure. and um, that's a, a football club that was called FK Tunsberg. Um okay. Tunsberg is. Um, Decent uh, t- um, town uh, on on the west side of uh, where the Oslofjord opens. Um, uh, it's uh, the neighbor town of Sandefjord, which, if you watch the uh, sort of the top league, you will probably see that name um, on there because they're 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 in the top league. But um, uh, this was another one of these merger clubs, which in um, two thousand and one had the brilliant idea. Dude, aha, now we're going to create a, a, a proper club because uh, in Tunsberg, there's a team called Eich Tunsberg, which had been around for a while and they were decent. They had some uh, old old uh, trophies and um, ha- had good players. Um, uh, most famous that was stopped by there was Erik Torstedt, which was a Tottenham legend in, in the 90s. Uh, he stopped by there, I think, for one or two seasons. But they were a decent football team, and but they basically just dwindled away. And uh, I believe that they saw, aha, what's our neighbour doing? Sandefjord uh, had a, a new club um, to try to sort of build something new. And they, I mean, they're in the top league after twenty-five years, uh, so they, I guess they, they, they've done done good. But anyway. In 2001, uh, out of uh, the license of Ike Tunsberg, FK Tunsberg was born. And what happens then is um, they take the license of the old team and the old team basically takes the license of the second team. Hmm. So they continue as an amateur team down, down, further down the system. And this was 20 clubs in that town that, that wrote the deal. We are going for this. Let's go. We are really going for it. So in t- 2001, they start this club. 
uh, a bit back and forward, but they managed to get a bit of a cash uh, injection also. One of Norway's large largest um, grocery chains um, has, a, has a, their office there. So they put a bit of money into this and they 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 are going for it and but it takes a bit time to uh, because they start out on level 3 and it's not that easy to sort of co come up it was easier before that that that's said but it it takes time for them but they managed finally to get up to um, what's called first division uh, but level 2 where they meet my moss for the first time after a few years and they aren't good at all uh this is a club that was very vocal in the media uh oh we're signing him uh, an old giant blah 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 from our town oh he's from the area we are what we want him we want him they weren't they weren't thinking. they they became 15 or 16 and they went straight back down to level three again um and I remember them also. Uh, they 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 w weren't there. But how the system back then was that four teams went down, and and it was four departments in 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 the level under. So it was fairly easy if you had the good team to go up. But anyway, uh, when you read about FK Tunsberg, oh how many odd people designed the loan, and it's obvious they pushed money into it. They even managed to build a new stadium. And this is also a thing with some of these clubs. They build a new stadium, but it's completely soulless. It's, it, outside, it looks like a shopping center, to be honest. And it just has a stand on the other side on the pitch. I've, I've been there a few times. It's, uh, it, it gives you nothing. It's, I mean, Hansberg, uh, it's called, is it? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, looking out there, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, but but it's called uh, a grass field, but it's artificial grass, right? But uh, uh, if you look on the story, it's it's not the charming one, yeah, all right. They beat their, their neighbor, they signed some players, but it's obviously that they, they don't have money for this, to, yeah, and it's clear. So, time sort of flies by, they're struggling on, on level, um. On uh, level three, uh, but they manage to just sort of dwindle small by bit because it's it's they they're famous for being an, an almost club. Are we going to go up this year? Mm. Become number two. Are we going to do it next year? Become number three. Oh no, next year. But people don't really believe this in them, and and that's sort of the thing with this. Uh and reading up on this, uh, it's so many names. They just throw names in, and it's it's nothing. And there's even like people just give up in the end. You could just see it here, and it's not very charming. And they didn't really have any fans neither. But the, they're starting basically to become an amateur club, and I, I want to take out one season that sort of illustrates how bad they actually was because when they were up in 2005, they played against a team called Strömskotse from Drammen. Uh, later, they went on to become um, uh, Norwegian champions, coached by Ronnie Daigla, which later became um, Celtic coach. Yeah, Ronnie Daigla. Um, yeah. A man, a man that, looking back on it now with a bit of hindsight, 
uh, was not supported by the Celtic board whatsoever. And a lot of managers can say the exact same. I, I remember at the time, it was it was a weird feeling because you could see what he wanted to bring, but it just never seemed to pull it off. Now, obviously, uh, it's Bruges. Bruges, or Randalite, is that now? Yeah, I think, I think it's Bruges. And, you know, he's, he's went from strength to strength since he left us. Um, I... I personally wouldn't say no to him coming back uh, if he was given a bit more backing. Um, not not just as a football manager though; he's a fantastic character. He's a really really nice man by all yeah, accounts. He is. I've um, had I've had beers with him one time. Oh man, that's so cool! <laughs> <laughs> <Right> here. <laughs> I think that's a yeah. separate podcast episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it is. But in 2015, uh, FK Tunsberg, they are in the same level. As Strömskotset's third team. Mm. And that sort of says how far down this club has dwindled. And on, in the same level, Eich Tönsberg is the mothership has worked its way up and they've gone their way down. Yeah. So o- around this time, it's quite obvious that this is not the... the we aren't going anywhere. We are only... Put, what are we going to do with this? So FK Tönsberg, they are trying to give their license away to hold your horses. Tönsberg FK. <laughs> it's another club, basically. But it's easy to fall off here. So, which I completely, completely understand if people do. But anyway, time flies by. And after COVID hits, they get the idea that we're going to merge with Eich Tönsberg again. So, the, they will go into the mothership often many, many years with first throwing money to something that really doesn't work. And now they're gone into Eich Tönsberg under the name Eich Tönsberg 871. 871 is the year that the town was um, constituted. It's the oldest town in Norway. But they're doing good this year. They're actually uh, uh, up for promotion at um, now they were up for promotion two years ago also, and they were um, they lost it in the last round actually to the the, na- the neighbor club Ernhorten, and but then they were coached by former Manchester United player Ronnie Johnson. Yeah, just about to say that. Uh, just looking about them, uh, they've been interesting crests as well. If anybody yeah. wants to go look at their crest, uh, F K E I K uh, Tonsberg, it's. It's it's very Juventus like, uh, to be honest. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on there. Uh, it has like a, a kind of. I don't. Are you trying to spell a T or is it just tree or, or yeah, what, what is it? I I means oak. Ah, okay. So uh, that's the uncharming story of FK Tunsberg. And but to, to sort of rewind a bit, and then I try not to bore you guys with uh, all the the boring details but this was a club that sort of went for it and they failed and they failed and they failed and it it's it's i i believe tonsberg is one of the worst football towns in Norway. actually if you if you look on the the last 20 odd years at least i think they're number number three compared to how many people that lives in in the in the city and possibly number two yeah i mean and, it, it, it is some story. They they came second an awful lot, or they lost a promotion, yeah. a lot of promotion, a lot of promotion playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so whatever fans they did have, it must have been some roller coaster. Huh? 
it it wasn't many fans neither. That was sort of the thing. Um, uh, it, it was a bit of a soulless club as well. Right. It it, it was. Mm-hmm. The the stadium was soulless. There wasn't any identity, and you know, good luck trying to build a club identity on um, basically a, a slab of concrete that looks like a shopping mall. It's yeah. it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely spot on. It's nothing. It's uh, again, it's soulless. Um, it doesn't have the heart. It doesn't have the passion and the energy that the fans bring. It doesn't have the shared collective memories and nostalgia that they've shared together. Mm. Um, it doesn't have all these things that, that make other clubs what they are. And 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 again, I think that's something that's really important. Um, are there any other lost clubs that you can think of, um, Christian? Any, you know, I'm I'm kind of thinking more of clubs that it wasn't expected to happen maybe not so much uh, a Rangers-esque situation but you know something something kind of like that where uh, it was a larger team maybe uh, you know formerly in the top flight um, and it was you know a big controversy has anything like that happened in, in Norway before? Oh controversies there's always some controversies um... <laughs> oh, well, we'd love to hear it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh God, how how long do you have? <laughs> oh, mate, man, you said there you don't want to bore us with the details. We want to hear every single detail, and so do our listeners. Um, this is why we love doing interviews. We we, we like hearing all the stories and, and the tales from these countries. So go on, the floor is yours. Oh well, oh, I mean, there's many, but um, there's one club that I fought fought on today actually, and um, this is um in the east part of Oslo, um. There's a there's a lake called Östersjövanne, and this is a huge bird reservoir. And the clubs around this lake had the idea that, aha, if we join forces, maybe we could get a, a team up. And it's not a stupid idea uh, if you look on it like that, because there's a lot of clubs around there that they are have been historically between level three to level two. If they join forces, who knows? Maybe they can push push to get 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 a bit more up. Uh, and they did. It they joined forces under a team name called Oslo Öst. They even had an, an, um, a deal with Man United. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not joking. Um, I actually have a pin of their logo, but they nice. didn't li- live long. Uh, I remember the year we got relegated from the the top uh, flight. They came up. First game of the season was there, zero zero on the absolutely shithole of a stadium for top football, <laughs> uh, but cracking uh, non league ground. But it was cold, shit, zero zero, and oh, that was sort of my football life coming. But yeah. they did didn't live very long. I believe it was the was it that year or was it the, the next year they went bust and they basically uh, had to just sort of merge into another club and um, very, very side note, but they brought in a bit depth with them there and through that club, they were going to try to get promotion. And they actually, uh, the guy, some guy in the board there, he had the idea, oh, I'm going to loan some quick money. And when I say loan to quick money, I'm not talking about payday loan or a loan from a bank. No, this is a loan cash in the car from a torpedo and um, well it ended up in court wow. let's just say and this uh, club later just sort of dwindled under the new name also and it's a sort of a non-league club and the banks threatened to take um, 
their football hall, indoor hall, but they're sort of clinging on. But it was quite the shit show they had going on there for a few years. It sounds like it. That that sounds like an absolute mess. Yeah. So now, now you you got a few of these uh, every now and then, but uh, I mean, Oslo's was quite a special one. Oslo's Mangler Star. That was, um, yeah, yeah. It sounds it sounds like uh, some clubs that we have covered already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, a lot of corruption, a lot of uh, stuff going on um, there. I mean. Let's let's go to kind of modern football. Um, obviously you support the clubs that are playing in the second division. There is one more club I want to talk about uh, that play in the top flight, and um, that kind of interests me. That aren't I suppose aren't well known probably outside of Norway, uh, and they're known as Frederikstad FK, the mo- the second most successful club out in Norway. Um, what is their situation? Because they are they seem to have kind of just been floating about the kind of. Relegation zones, I suppose. And now they're they're on level two, yeah, yeah. promotion, and they are more or less ready. Um, Fredrikstad's thing, and uh, they were very good historical. Um, and they had a brief stint in the eighties, and uh, they sort of uh, were down there, struggling between sort of level three to level two in the nineties. Um, but then. From level three, they had a rich guy called Terry Hayley, who had the idea that we're going going up. So he pushed all his money into this, and he got the club up. They did back two back to back straight straight up. Mm-hmm. Uh, kept kept pushing kept pushing money in, bought them a new stadium, everything. Uh, but here again, we're talking a bit about the culture in the walls. Uh, it it backfires a bit. They went down. They went up again. Uh, they went down, um, and they did um a spectacular relegation from uh, level two also down to level three, mm. uh, where they got stuck for a few years with my moth. Uh, we are we are rivals, and to be honest, I think I, I speak kindly of them. I could use strong language here, but I, I'm I'm trying to be a professional. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if it, it was a bit funny for me though when we won down there and we denied them promotion back up again I have to say that was a cracking moment for me but no uh, they went up which they should because this is this is a club that's been pushed a lot of money in and, and I mean that much money that you shouldn't be on level 3 you know so yeah. of course they need to get up to level 2 and they did a very good signing um this year um before the season with the trade trainer from the Fair Islands um yeah. which which is the guy who got Claxwick up and going into you to, to be a decent team yeah yeah they um, they actually just drew with Glew tonight yeah um, yeah the very first Fair East team to win a point at any European competition so they're certainly on the way up for sure yeah, yeah. and they're actually coached coached by a Norwegian Magne Huset uh, at the moment. Uh, former Norway international, um, and oh, nice. a, a big uh, ex Molde player, um, but uh, uh now now uh, very very smart coach, and with money on top, they signed some cracking players. Of course, they're going up, and to be honest, with the resources they put in the last twenty years, like I think it's amazing that the. That they even had to go down to level three, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's it's only because I ask because obviously I've done my research on Norwegian football. They are the second most successful club 
uh, in Norwegian football. Um, they've won nine nine uh, uh, top flight leagues. They came runners up nine times, so they, yeah. they've had their fair share of heartbreak. Now, a lot of these are back in the 30s up to the, the last yeah. season was 1960, so it's been quite a while. Uh, they've won the Norwegian Cup 11 times, uh, the last one in 2006. Um, and they've come runners up in that seven times as well. So they've been quite, you know, they've been there and thereabouts. I, I, I have to admit, they're not a club that, um, you know, would be would be well known probably, you know, here in Ireland. Uh, like I suppose your Maldes, your your Rosamund, no. your your Valerengas and stuff like that. But yeah, they are the second most sexual club in Norway. Would they have a big fan base? They they should, shouldn't they? Um, t- to be honest, uh, they got a big stadium. They are a big town. They drawing. They aren't drawing that much to, to really? be where they are now. It's surprisingly. If you ask me, the stadium should be packed every game, but it, it isn't. Right. And what's the reason for that? Do you know? Is, is there a reason? Uh, uh, I'm probably going to be yelled at to say <laughs> it as a ri- rival fans, but they are quite a picky crowd. Right. <laughs> no, 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 but they are. Uh, I mean, even in the start of the season where they were leading, uh, but they, they didn't score enough goals. People w- weren't happy. I mean, okay, right. you're leading. Uh, but maybe, things, I, maybe things their fans worse, are so spoiled. Because uh, as he said, they, they won an awful lot. Um, so maybe maybe that's that's what it is. Uh, although I can't imagine most of the fans were around the last time they won the league. Uh, back oh, that's the, the thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So maybe they're just living off their reputation. An interesting club, though, um, that they, they are like the second, obviously behind Ros- Rosenberg. Um, but now let's go to your club. Um, yeah. I know you're keen to talk about them. Uh, oh. and that, <laughs> yeah, I can see they won one league title. It was back in the eighties. Um, yeah. At the moment, as you said, they're playing in the second division. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, um, well, level level two. So level two. Must sorry, yeah. First division. Yeah. Sorry, the first division, level two. Do you ever see them getting back to the top? Um. The fan in me want to say yes, but um, the the sober fan in me says it's quite a long way in there because we are a poor club. Let's just call it as it is. Uh, I mean, you talk about like Fredrikstad, they are, they are a club that basically has investors. They have money being pushed into them. Right. We struggle to pay the bills. Uh, we, we play on the community stadium uh, with running tracks around, which we've yeah. done our, our entire life. Uh, small stands. I think we can, we can maximum get in 2,000-ish. You know, the Melo Stadion, it's called, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so we are, but um, the, the thing is with my club, it's like you said, we, we, we won the league in the 80s. We also have a cup. Cup uh, and and a lost cup. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, we were sort of a between top flight, the second flight, um, leveled through the nineties up to the year two thousand. But when Alfa Fredericks went up, we basically went down because they had more money. They 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 took a lot of our players, and uh, that's sort of that that's the the nature of football when you you have um, money, isn't it? Sadly. Of course, of course. Uh, I suppose I can't. I can't not uh, mention your club without the two big games. I suppose you're you, you've played in Europe three times. Obviously, uh, winning the league, uh, coming second, and I assume the cup winners' cup as well. Yeah. Um, you've played uh, Madelburg 
um, who were from Bob Magdeburg from Eastern Germany. East Germany, yeah. I didn't recognize that flag there. Uh, then he's played Bayern Munich, um, yeah. which is lost 6-2 on aggregate. Uh, yep. I mean, 2-1 at home, 4-1. Uh, that was in the 80s. So, you know, Bayern Munich. Yep. And then he's lost to Real Madrid, uh, 1-0 and 3-0, which again, it's no, uh, you know, not bad in the 88-89 European Cup. Um, and fun, just funny thing about the Real Madrid game, it's 35 years ago today. Oh, really? There you go. Yeah. Oh, um, that's that's yeah. why. And do you, do you remember that? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'm in the board of the fans, so of course we remember this. Um, yeah. we, we we celebrate this day. That's why I'm having a beer with you guys now. Oh, <laughs> well, thank, you. thank you so much for sharing that with us, man. That's yeah. Really um, I mean, Norway... Norway and Norwegian football has is, is always fascinated me. And, and I think it's one of those things. It's the players that have come through. Um, it's the players who, you know, are, are on the big stage um, and, and the ones that you always see. But, you know, generally as well, Norway and, and uh, Scandinavia, as in general, I suppose, has always appealed to me in different ways. The fans always seem really passionate about the football. Um, Norway is such a chill country. I've, I've only visited once. Um, I went to Olden and and Olesons and it was lovely, really, really, really great country. Um, but the football as well is is quite underrated now. Um, there's been quite a few Norwegian players that have played for Celtic. Let me just pull my oh, list yeah. back up again. Um, what I'm obviously... gonna do is uh, what I'm gonna do, Christian. What he's doing that is crack a beer yeah. open to celebrate the Moss. Nobody can see it. I'm I'm showing you if like people can see it. <laughs> Or, uh, maybe people awesome. are well. terrible, terrible choice, mate. Terrible hang on, choice. Hang on, hang on. But uh, oh, just a, fun, a funny story from the, the Real Madrid uh, game, guys, because I, I wrote the case um, on one of our players on um, that played one of one of that game, and he oh. told me in, in the lounge off, after the game that the Real Madrid president came around with a silver ashtray as a present for all the Moss players. So they had to take a take a fag to, in the in the lounge before before they left the stadium. <laughs> um, that's that's absolutely amazing. I mean, I think when I just to go back to the, the players, I think my favorite Norwegian Celtic player from the last wee while has been Christopher Ayer. Um, oh yeah, incredible player. Guy. Yeah. So I think Ronnie Ronnie did Ronnie Dyla saying I think Ronnie Dyla was the one who you know, kind of made his signing happen, but he came in under Brendan Rodgers, I want to say. Uh, he was loaned out to Kilmarnock uh, for a season, and then when he came back, he just hit the ground running. It was absolutely insane. Um, Again, really nice guy. Ended up going down to Brentford, where he still is. He's, he's had his issues with injury, uh, but he's just an absolutely fantastic player. Really, really passionate. Um, Mohamed El Yunusi also played in the same team as him. We had him on loan from Southampton, another cracking player. A bit hot and cold sometimes. My pal, didn't, my friend Ross, doesn't re- didn't really rate him that highly. I thought he was brilliant. I, re- I really, really enjoyed him. Um, we had Leo Hjelda as well. He never got to play for the first team, unfortunately. He was a youth prospect. I think he, he went to Leeds United. He's currently on, ro- on loan, I think, at Rotherham. Um, and then on the other side of things, we had, um, you know, like Stefan Johansson, who never really got going here. Harold Bratback, who's a bit of a joke figure. Oh, uh, but he's he's a Norwegian legend. He is a Norwegian uh, legend, absolutely. Um, he, had- he was the all-over top scorer in the Norwegian top flight for quite many years, and how he yeah. had this gold record. And yeah. if, you fl- if you fly um, 
Norwegian uh, air, you might actually be flown by. And I've been there a few times actually. He's he's oh, a he's a part he's a pilot there. Huh, that's really cool. Amazing. Um, you also had uh and Geberge. I think we had him on loan from Cardiff. Yep. But he he only played a handful of games or so. There was Vidar Recif as well, uh, nineteen ninety eight to two thousand. Uh, played in that kind of transition. Proper character. Is he a, a proper character? I mean, it, yeah. it was just, I mean, it wasn't before my time, but I would have only been around two years old, um, two to four years old when he was playing for Celtic, so I don't remember him, whatever. But a player that I really like, is a cult hero here, and I think, I, I want to say that he's actually now Dyla's assistant manager, or he was over at um, New York City FC when he was managing them, uh, Thomas Ronya. Oh yeah, him. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. He's, him. He never really pulled up any trees, but he's become a bit of a cult hero just because he was always a solid option. He always carried yeah. himself really well, you know. Um, really fantastic. Don't think there's really been any other Norwegian players, of course, as we discussed. Odin Home. Um, I'm not um I think Stolstens also has been by ex Rosenborg. Um, just from the back of my head, but. Uh... It wasn't a long time, I think. But yeah, I mean, we, we did want to sign uh, Berger Melling from Rosenborg. There was a big sort of fan-led campaign on Twitter to sign Berger Melling because uh, when we were in the... You guys in the Rosenborg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, well, that, but also when we were in the Europa League, um, I think we were playing Salzburg at home and we were getting beat 2-0, two, two I think. And we got a penalty in the last minute and we were heading out of Europe completely. We were sitting in fourth at that point. And then Berger Melling scored an equaliser for Rosenborg against Leipzig um, in front time. Uh, and that meant that Celtic then would drop down into the Europa League instead of being eliminated completely. So Berger Melling has quite a big, I say a big following. He's a bit of a hero over here as well for, for different reasons. But um, there's always been quite a, a, a kind of subtle but nice connection between Celtic and Norway and, and Scotland and Norway as well. There's been a few other players, so... Um. Yeah, it's it's always been really nice. There's I mean, quite a few Danish players as well played for Celtic. Obviously, uh, Thomas Gravison, Morten Rasmussen, who was fucking terrible. Uh, Eric Zviachenko, another great player. Um, Matt O'Reilly, not a very Danish name. Um, he's he's got Danish on his mum's side, I believe. Probably our best player at the moment. Absolutely incredible. And um, really, really, really strange signing. Uh, Danish player Oliver Abdelgard. Uh. Joined for six months, played once. Why are you once. talking about Danish players? <laughs> oh, yeah, it just went on to it, man. I was just, it's the general region of the world. You jump on there, you're now going to Sweden, and we're going to go to Henrik Larsson, now we're going to... <laughs> you know what I'm like, Phil? I like going off... Cracking player. I like going off on tangents, so... Um, I mean, the only Norwegian player that I can ever really say that I I, I truly loved was John Anarisa, obviously. Uh, un- unbelievable player and a bit of a character, I think, as well. Obviously, we all know the story of him and Bellamy and stuff like that in the co- the golf club. Um, but uh, yeah, John the, other, the other big one that came to mind there that had a Scottish connection, of course, um, was Tori Andrew Flo. Oh yeah, yeah. obviously it was absolutely incredible. Chelsea, Chelsea, yeah. And then Rangers signed him for twelve million pounds, which in two thousand, a lot of money to spend twelve million pounds in Scotland in two thousand. Clubs don't spend that amount of money these days. Like that's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Fucking terrible for them, which is great. So, uh, Tour Andre is a coach in um, the league today uh, for oh, Songdal, yes. amazing. Uh, which is uh, where he's from. And I actually had the uh, completely random. Long story short, we're cleaning out the fan area after after the the, the game, and the Songdal bus is just waiting. But Tour Andre Flo is standing talking to. 
uh, one of our fans, which um, he's um, what do you call it? Um, the lights on, but he's not home. He he has some sort of a <laughs> issue in his head, but he's a kind, loving man. But he's five years old, mental. Oh right, okay. Uh, so so basically, he's standing and telling him a story about. Uh, the local football team in in, in the ninth division where, where a guy has to be changed uh, substitute because his his dog has run away and Toran Deflo is standing there listening to this guy telling the same story which he tells everyone at the stadium <laughs> every game and Amazing. he's smiling and he's chatting to him and being the nicest guy in the world while the, the team bus is waiting that's brilliant. nice that's, that's a brilliant story yeah. I think that's one of the things that I like about um, countries like Norway, uh, Sweden as well, one of my Swedish friends tells me this, in Scotland and Ireland as well, is that you've obviously got your big teams and within those teams there's always going to be big stars. But we play in football nations that are small enough that you can bump into players, particularly yeah, for yeah. provincial teams, you can bump into managers and they have really good relationships with the fans. You know, there's a team in Scotland that... Actually, funnily enough, they have a Nor- they have a stand called the Norway Stand. I don't know. Do you know the team that I- I'm talking about, Christian? Um, I, I can't believe I've just I can't believe I've just remembered this. Oh, actually. oh, um, oh. It's, it's not that East Derlingshire or something, is it? Yeah, close. So it's a team from Falkirk called Stenhouse Muir. Oh, uh, is it? Yeah, and they have a stand called the Norway Stand. Now, I've heard a couple of reasons for this. One was because there's a big Stenhouse Muir following in Norway. And apparently the reason for this is that Stenhouse Muir is a word in Norway, but it means something completely different. Whereas to us, yeah. it's obviously a yeah. place name. Um, but, what do you know, mean? Uh, yeah, uh, what does it mean? Uh, the, the Stone ha- House Swamp. <laughs> stone House Swamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No offense, Stenhouse Muir. I mean, yes. Yeah. That's not too far off the, the the Scottish meaning for it. It means like the Stenhouse Moor. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, but it's it's a Scottish word for Moor. Anyway, it's, to come back on topic, as I was saying, uh, we live in these, you know, r- really good footballing communities where you can bump into people. And the Stenhouse Moor play in League Two and they have a little pub around the back of the stadium called the Wee Bar and it's attached to the stadium and it's where all the supporters go. But the manager, and it's a tradition of Stenhouse Muir managers that after the game, they go into the Wee Bar and they have a chat with the fans. And I, just I think love it. Really I love it. Yeah, I love it. Brilliant, brilliant. But uh, but if, I mean, if if you ask me, that sort of how football should be, and I, I mean, I come from a small club, so I I never had that big thing. But yeah. you know, in in my club yeah. also, of course, you can go and talk talk to the coach. You can go and have 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 a chat with the players after the training. Uh, you know, the kids get a few high fives, etc. Of course, it's it's the way football should be, uh, and and this yeah. is why we 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 kind of delve into. I don't want to again be disrespectful, but smaller football clubs that are more community based, and and when when we look into this, and I suppose the club that I covered, the Norwegian club, um, uh, stored, uh, you know, were totally the opposite of this because they didn't have fans. There was no connection whatsoever. You know, there was no community base or anything. It was all just kind of a profit kind of. Uh, uh, oriented uh, kind of project. Project again, as I said, uh, and there was nothing there. Um, I mean, we're gonna now move on to. We, we, I suppose we can't have a, a kind of Norwegian podcast without talking about um the the big Norwegian man himself, yeah, uh, uh, Erling Haaland. Um, I mean. He's unreal. We all know he's unreal. I don't want to go into talking about, you know, Premier League and all that. That That's not kind of what we want to talk about. We want to talk about how do you think Norway, 
as an international team. I don't know if you follow them or not, uh, Christian, because we, we do have some. Yeah, people. yeah, I have. I have. How do you think they'll do in the next ninety-four? I've been following them, and oh, it's been painful. Yeah, um, but we're Haaland and Odegaard now. You know, you just have top top players. Is there an expectation in Norway that your international team are going to do something special? It is, it is, but it's just something. I mean, we're talking about having a culture in the walls. You have a, you have a culture in the in in the dressing room as well, and it's. Something in that dressing room that they just fuck up. Uh, every now and then they fuck up when they don't. Ha- they, they 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 don't. They, they aren't. Uh, you aren't allowed to drop points on that away game or just squander it on because you you play good for forty five minutes and then you think the job's done. Well, it always amazed me with Norway, uh, Christian, is that you still have like Haaland, Odegaard, right? I'm a, an, a Republic of Ireland fan, right? I don't know if you follow us. We're dreadful, right? If we had a player like Haaland, right? Now, we have Evan Ferguson, who's... Uh, people have compared him to Haaland and stuff, which is... A bit I mean, you had Robbie Keane. Well, we did have Robbie Keane. And, and we Cracking got player. World, and we got, to, we got to World Cups and stuff like that. So what I'm saying is, is with Haaland, surely you should be getting at least to World Cups or Euros. Yeah, and, so, and, na- and now that... The, I mean... Soon it's more. Uh, it's. I mean, soon it's. If you don't qualify, that's more more an achievement than 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 not. But I mean, you should do. But it's dangerous to say because, I said this team. It's they're very good individually, but they they aren't magic together. Like I hate could, to be could... sort of the. No, no, you're you're dead right. I understand where you're coming from. Um, I mean. Haaland is that good, right? And I, I don't want to be like throw him up as like, well, he is unreal. Let's be honest, right? Could he, like, I, I often think he could win the World Cup on his own if, you know, if he's got a good run at it. Like, is there even that expectation? Do you have that? Is there that expectation over there in Norway, no? Nah, because everyone expects them to fail. I'm sorry to be sort of really? <laughs> that Like well. Wales, for example, Wales had Gareth Bale and yeah. the Welsh actually did believe they were going to win the Euros with Gareth Bale <laughs> because Gareth Bale was going to literally win it for them. Um, I saw people actually saying that. So do you not believe Haaland can do? And you have Odegaard. Odegaard is an unreal footballer as well. You I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump in quickly here, Phil, and I'm probably gonna bring bring it back quite a painful memory for Christian as well. Um, obviously we have been through years of of shit to be honest supporting the Scottish national team for, for the best part of about maybe 13 years or so, maybe a bit more. Scotland were terrible, really, really bad, shooting themselves in the foot constantly. Um, It was a really, really poor time to support the national team. Steve Clark's come in and just kind of on the opposite of what you were saying, obviously Ireland at the moment doesn't have a talismanic player like Halland or the Wales did with Gareth Bale. Evan Scotland, Ferguson, hit him. Well, when he <laughs> when he when Evan Ferguson maybe develops as, as some people think he's gonna then maybe he will become that. Yeah. Scotland don't have a talismanic player. We have a manager who has created this team where everyone has to be firing on all cylinders for things to work, which is fantastic. Everyone operates as a gear and or a cog in this larger machine. And if one of those gears isn't working, then the whole thing falls to bits. And I think I would rather have that than have a superstar talismanic player. Not saying that I wouldn't take Haaland for Scotland because I think he would. 
I think we would win the lot if if he was here. <laughs> so I'm not saying I wouldn't take a talismanic player, and there's some positions we really need to to strengthen in. But you can do well with a national team without having this big talismanic figure. Yeah. And of course, recently, um, I, I was I was watching this game while while I was on holiday, and um, with my partner at the time. Obviously, you know, Haaland scores a penalty, Norway are one nil up. Um, Scotland turn it around within the space of about two minutes, and it's absolutely incredible. Um, obviously the, the 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 Norwegian defenders did not cover themselves in glory whatsoever in that game, but there was a mentality about the Scotland side, and and we played fucking awful up until that point. We were really really bad, but we we still managed to get the result. So it just goes to show that a, a talisman isn't always everything. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah, uh, and and I think the national team's biggest problem is that a game is ninety minutes. You have you haven't won it on two two nil if it's fifty or sixty minutes. I mean, yeah, they, so, they, so, they have a bit that switch that goes a bit off sometimes, and then they do some stupid things. Like I mean, obviously, um, your other big big uh, Norwegian name will be Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, right? Um, so I assume a lot of Norwegian people support United. There's there's a huge you know Manchester United following over there. Is there now over in Norway? Are you finding like for example here in Ireland, I'm finding a lot of Brighton fans now. <laughs> there's a lot of Brighton and Hove and Al uh, Hove and Albion fans. Even myself, I'm finding myself watching Brighton because of Evan Ferguson. Is there in Norway now a a bit of a Manchester City uh kind of following? Uh, well, yeah, it's been, uh, you always get a bit like that, you know, yeah. I, I see it on the kids' jerseys after yeah, the games yeah. and things like that, you know, it's, uh, when Holland was in Dortmund, it was Dortmund yeah. jerseys, and now they're almost gone. When, when that said, everyone, have a look on German football, because it's fucking fantastic, and oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, oh, it's cheap, and it's amazing to go ground hopping there. Yeah, just uh, have have have. Trust me, have have a trip. Just go, go. Yeah, I'm only, yeah, I'm no, only no, back from Italy. I, I need to calm myself down after that one. <laughs> but Germany's yeah. definitely Germany's definitely on the on the hit list. And the, the next Bundesliga really seems like the league for football fans. Yeah, uh, just with how they go around. Um, and things like that. Is, I mean, one one thing that I wanted to ask. Sorry, Phil. Just before um, uh, you jump in there. One thing I did want to ask quickly, Christian. Uh, what was Haaland like when he was at Mulder? Was was it the case that um you know you saw this kid and everyone knew that he was going places? Well, well, yeah, you you saw. Damn, this is raw talent. Yeah, this is this is one of these players that you're just going going for the skies, or you're going to be lost in the air. Um, yeah. and but he just went for it, and to and to be honest, um, uh, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't mature in his head at that time. So he didn't have the filter. He just went for it. Yeah. And you could you could see that a bit on him today also because uh, he, he all right, he wasn't bi- that big and strong back then, but he was raw talent and he just he just went went for it. Uh, and if you if you look up uh, Molde Brann Holland, you're gonna see a, quite a decent hat trick. I, I think he was seven seventeen at that time. Look look that up. My friend, who is a who is a Brown fan, was in the stadium, and he and he hated. He still hates the guy for, for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, obviously, uh, Haaland, obviously, uh, he was born in Leeds, of course. Was there yeah. ever a fear that you should lose him to England? No, I don't think so, really. No. But uh, his his dad played for Leeds and Man City, yeah. and yeah, if, yeah. if 
if people don't sort of remember, I'll think, hold on, just Google his name and oh, we Roy, remember, Roy, Roy, Roy Keane. <laughs> we all yeah. remember Alfie Hangman. Uh, yeah, he had his career ended um, after a leg break, didn't he, by Roy Keane? No, no, yeah. that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> he, he, Roy Keane did break his leg, but he, it wasn't that that ended his career. It was another injury. So that's actually oh, another myth. But, uh, yeah, we all know uh, Alfie uh, Holland uh, here in Ireland. Roy Keane, uh, uh, his best mate. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that that that's... Uh, did, did Alfie Holland play for the Norwegian national team? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Did he? I don't know much about him other than that he played for CE and that him and Roy Keane had a bit of a, a bit of a thing. But uh, I think Roy Keane had a bit of a thing with most people. So, um, not not many people like Roy Keane, do they? But I mean, oh. you want him on your team. Yeah, yeah. Well, here in yes. Ireland, here in Ireland, he is a bit of a uh, marmite, as as you would say. You either love him or you hate him. Personally, I yeah, I, I mean, you all know what happened in the World Cup. He, he left uh, Ireland in the World Cup and stuff like that. So there's a, quite a bit of a debate uh, about, you know, whether he's, you know, loved or hated. I I personally, as an Irishman uh, from Dublin, Keane is from Cork, a different part of Ireland that is a different part of Ireland. Totally. Yeah, right. uh, they, they think that they, they are like um their own country down there. So... I personally do like him. I like his attitude. I like the way he's just straight out forward. I like the way he played. And I'm a Liverpool fan, so obviously saying that kills me. But yeah, you're dead right. People, even people who don't like him, uh, would love him to be on, on their team. He, he he's a leader. He he's he's everything that you'd want to be playing with, but everything that you don't want to be playing against. Um, just just he's, um, he, falls into that, he falls into that category of player for me who is. He falls into the category of Irish player who ended, who who's, who retired after they played for Celtic and they signed for Celtic just so they could say they played for Celtic. Contributed pretty much nothing while they were here. Um, took up a big chunk of wages. Um, well, should have, been have you read his autobiography, Rory? Have you read his autobiography? I have not. Well, you should do because you'll find out exactly why he signed for Celtic uh, with nothing to do with wages or anything like that. Oh right, okay. Do read it. Love of the game. Love of the game. Do read it because uh, he has two out. Um, do read it because I think it was Gordon Strachan signed him, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Strachan. And Strachan. he actually Strachan wanted him to continue on playing, and Keane actually said, "No, no, I'm not fit enough to play for Celtic. I don't want to take the wages." And he actually bowed out. So you see, there's a big myth about Keane being an absolute asshole. He's not really. Um, and there's a lot of stuff there that if you read his if you really get into his mindset, you actually yeah. re- like he comes home to Ireland an awful lot, uh, and he gives back to like you know Cove uh, Ramblers where he actually uh, started, yeah, and, yeah. He goes, and and he he is very. I met Roy Keane when I was younger at United's training ground and stuff, and he's a really really nice man. But yeah. obviously the, the the perception of him, the way he played, yeah, and of course over in Norway they all probably think that he's like some sort of hatchet man. <laughs> That's <laughs> the man. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, to be fair, if I was offered the chance to play for Celtic, I would also say, yeah, you know, yeah. no, 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 I don't want to take any wages. I'm doing it for the love of the game. But um, as a striker, when I played youth yeah. football for my local team, I scored five goals in four years. So I, I don't think I'll be playing for Celtic anytime soon. <laughs> no, um, I mean, we've he... been we've been recording for quite a while now, obviously, and, and it's been absolutely fascinating listening to, mm. to all the stories from Christian and all the information. Uh, is there any last questions you want to ask Christian, Phil, or any last questions, Christian, that you want to ask us? 
Uh, I'll I'll go with I'll go with the one that we always ask, uh, Christian. Sure. Your favorite uh, ever Norwegian player? Ooh, um, my favorite Norwegian player is this one you never heard of. It's Dagfinn Enelie. Uh, he was uh, played for my my team Moss. Um, uh, but later he played for uh, mentioned Fredrikstad, and unfortunately in the game he broke his neck and became paralyzed. Oh, oh no, that's yeah, horrible. and this is uh, 20 years ago. But this man has such a good mood and such a good spirit of life, and it's such an inspiration. I met him on the game earlier this year, and you know, he's such a loving and nice man. And um, I love him as a player, but I love him even more just as a human today. Yeah, that's really that's a really nice story, man. I like that. Just uh, someone who's been through possibly one of the worst bits of adversity you, you ever could be, but he's just just a nice guy. He's there. He's present at football games. That that's one thing that I love about former players is when they become present at games afterwards. Um, they don't just hide. You know they're they're out with the fans. They're still enjoying the game. Yeah. Um, so What's his real... name again, Christian? Can you just say his name again? Uh, Dog Finn Enerli. Okay, okay, yeah, no, look, he's somebody that we'll definitely, uh, we'll, we'll definitely look into and and give him a, a shout out and stuff like that because that sounds like obviously a terrible, terrible life changing injury. But as you yeah. said, he's he's come back from adversity. He's enjoying his football, and that's 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 beautiful to hear. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a great ending there, Rory. Another emotional yeah, one as well. Absolutely. Anything you want to ask us, Christian? Anything um you want to tell us just before we sign off for the night? No, I just want to say thank you for a nice podcast. I haven't managed to re- read the book yet, but that's on that's on my plan. No problem, man. No, thanks very much for coming on. As I said, um, we were really, really excited to record this, so I hope we've not disappointed our listeners. Um, you've been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. You know, obviously know a lot about the game in Norway, um, absolutely entrenched in it. You support a, a smaller club, uh, so you're in and amongst the community aspect, and you sit on the the the, the supporters board, which is, is really yeah, good. Well, obviously, we had Robin Beck on when we covered KSK Beveren, and he's the 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 chairman he was, Phil, the, the director or something like that, of a fan-owned club. So that's two for two now um, of people who are directly involved in, in the clubs that they support, and, and that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, but I think Not a club to add to our uh, supporters list, uh, Rory. But, but, but it just, uh, if any listeners are planning a trip here, just pop me a message, and I'll lo- love to give you some tips or where to go or not to go, or um, non-league also. I'm a big non-league fan. Yeah, yeah, that sounds amazing. I mean, we'll we'll leave your uh, Twitter details in the uh, post on Twitter when we put it up. Yeah, uh, so people can get in touch. I think that'd be fantastic. Um, probably not not in the moment, but in the future, I'll be looking to, to plan some uh some football trips abroad. So I'll, I'll definitely be in touch with you for that. Um, that sounds absolutely fantastic. And of course, if any of our listeners have any questions at all for Christian or Phil or myself, then you can get in touch with us at any point, and we'll be happy to answer. Uh, sorry, Phil. Um. You were saying just before we jumped in there. No, no, I was just saying. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Moss, Moss are a club that we're gonna, we're definitely gonna follow. Uh, over the next, uh, you know, next few years, it's another club now that we have to keep track of. Um, uh, the ever growing list here, of forgotten football clubs. Um, and definitely we've been keeping an eye on them. And myself, who who planning a good few football trips now. 
uh, over the next couple of you know months and and you know the next year, uh, it'll definitely be one that's on my radar. Especially if I've got, obviously Norway is a country that I've always uh, been intrigued by in regards to football, and it'll definitely be one that I'll be visiting very very soon. And yeah. if you come on our stadium, I'll I'll buy our local speciality a sausage in a waffle. Oh, oh, no, no, we're talking. First, you had my interest, but now you've got my attention. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish this beer off in celebration of Moss's uh, um, anniversary of uh, playing Real Madrid in in Europe. Yeah, well, I think that that's a good point to finish things off for the night. We've been talking for quite a while now, so uh, time to to sign off as we normally do. Uh, Hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this episode. We certainly enjoyed recording it. As usual, you can check out all of our content on our Twitter, on our Instagram, mainly our Twitter these days. We're we're going to be uh, kind of revamping the Instagram a little bit soon, just so that we can uh, post some some different types of content on it. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll announce that once it's time. So uh, Twitter mainly at the moment. Uh, we've also got our new blog up and running, which you can find on our Twitter page and on our link tree. Uh, it's on Blogspot. We're currently designing that as well and, and getting everything back up. So we're going to be relaunching all the articles on that. Uh, and of course, you know, you, you love listening to this on Spotify or Apple or whatever, whatever else you get your podcast. We also have the Forgotten Club YouTube channel now as well, which hopefully we're going to be getting some uh, some new content up on soon as well. Uh, don't think I've missed anything that time, just from the usual plugs. Uh, you know where you can contact us if you want to get in touch with any ideas for an episode or a blog article or anything, um, you know, who you can come and speak to just send us a message on twitter or wherever really we're always open to a chat with new fans so uh, feel free to get in touch whenever but for now phil say goodbye bye everyone christian say goodbye bye guys thank you for having me on and we'll see you all again next week goodbye <laughs>